You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. And with Buffett going in, and I think he bought uh, he bought Dominion Natural Gas or something uh, for ten billion dollars just last week. I think it was. I mean, it, it's probably a pretty good sign for natural gas that I think it's pretty much undervalued, and uh, there will be demand for it. There is demand for it. This is Mining Stock Education, and I'm your host Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Well, in today's episode, we're going to be touching base with Chris Vermeulen of thetechnicaltraders.com. Chris does cover the gold sector as well as oil and natural gas and the general equities, and he approaches it more from the standpoint of uh, a trader using technical analysis. So, Chris, thank you for coming on Mining Stock Education again, and I'd like to start off with getting your thoughts on Warren Buffett. He was in the news recently that he's upping his natural gas holdings to where Berkshire Hathaway Energy will now carry 18% of all interstate natural gas transmission in the U.S., and that's up from 8% after his recent purchase. Is this a contrarian bullish sign for natural gas investors? Yeah, I mean, we we really hit you know multi-year low. I don't even know if it was all-time lows, but uh, I mean, if you, I actually talked with this and showed the long-term charts of natural gas to subscribers this morning. And when you look at the monthly chart of natural gas and zoom way out, you know, every, every couple of years, every three years or so, there's a major cycle low where we've put in lower lows. And I mean, it was, a, I think it's a pretty big turning point that we are probably at for natural gas. And we've been looking at the shorter term chart, the daily chart, the market, it looks like it's carving out a bottom and with Buffett going in and I think he bought, uh, he bought Dominion secured Dominion natural gas or something, uh, for $10 billion just last week. I think it was, I mean, it, it's probably a pretty good sign for natural gas that I think it's pretty much undervalued. And uh, there will be demand for it. There is demand for it. But uh, I think I think what's happening in the, the economy now with the shutdowns, I think it's going to put a ton of operations out of business. And that alone is going to keep the ones that can stay in business uh, as the key players. So I think it's really important. I think it's a we're near a turning point for natural gas. Uh, long term, I think we're going higher. So how do you trade this? Do you use an ETF or you mentioned making sure that some companies stay in business? So if someone's going to go for a particular play, they obviously have to do fundamental analysis in addition to technical analysis. Yeah, natural gas is a really tough one. I mean, there are ETFs to track natural gas, but the way they're built is is terrible. They're almost like an option. Just over time, they lose value because they're constantly rolling to the new front month. And uh, so we have natural gas, even if it puts a bottom in, but it bases here and holds its value or, or even goes up 3% a month, the ETF will actually be trading sideways or down because there's quite a bit of erosion every month on the natural gas ETFs, like anywhere from one to like six or 9% some months, depending. Uh, so it's a tough way to play it. I think if you were to get into natural gas, you've got to go out, cherry pick a strong fundamental uh, company that's got the, 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 the resources to get it out of the ground, super cheap. They've got the connections, the network, the clientele they're, that they can stick around and they can survive what's going on. And as long as you can hold out longer than the majority of the other companies in the sector, they'll go to the wayside. You'll become the rising star 
and uh, you should do really well. So I think a, an equity play would probably be the best way to play natural gas because this is a long-term investing kind of major low. Uh, ETFs for, for natural gas are for short-term trading, not kind of buy and hold. Chris, you focus on swing trading. That's one uh, type of trade that you engage in. I've heard you say in the junior resource sector, people do the Sprott watch and they, they do the Sprott trade. When Sprott invests, Eric Sprott that is, invests in a junior, you'll often see that rise significantly, especially in the type of environment we're now in. With Warren Buffett, won't we see the same type of thing in natural gas now? And I mean, are you going to play that just as a swing trade possibly? Uh, yeah, there, there, there could be a good play. I mean, we saw natural gas. I'm not exactly sure when Warren Buffett uh, did that purchase, but we saw natural gas go from a dollar forty-three all the way up to a dollar eighty-six. A huge jump in the last uh, six trading sessions, and that's probably because he jumped in and is, you know, bottom picking and and picking a company and committing to natural gas. Uh, so, definitely, people are following his coattails. I think that's probably what has sparked so much interest and volume in natural gas in the last week. Uh, so I'm interested in to play it. I've talked with subscribers. Really, the high that natural gas hit today, which is Monday, July the 6th, is a really significant resistance level. It's pulled back quickly from that level uh, this morning. But this is an important level for a base to be formed. If it can break that kind of 186, 190 level on the on the continuous contract, then I think we're off to the races for a base being put in and it could continue to extend uh, sub substantially higher. What type of oil trades are you making right now? We are not trading oil right now. I, I, to me, the chart, I mean, it's been on a very strong run. It's a high momentum play is what it looks like. It's a lot of people have piled in. When oil went negative, that I think draw, drew in so much attention that we've got a lot of short-term um, kind of momentum traders in there. And oil has been moving a lot like a, a small cap momentum stock where um, uh, late April and all of May and even part of June, we just kept seeing it go higher, higher, higher. And it, it would only pause for a day or so and then keep on moving. We haven't had any real corrections, but uh, late June, um, we started to see some some bouts of selling take place after a major resistance level was hit from a big gap on the chart back in uh, on March 6th. And that level was hit. And we saw some big selling come in. So this the momentum on oil, it's made that move. It's made a gap fill on the chart. Gaps tend to get filled. And uh, it's now starting to look like it's losing some momentum and, and forming a, somewhat of a topping formation. It has not topped or, or started to move lower yet, but it looks a lot like a topping pattern and it looks ready to you know roll over and pull back. And especially with what's going on with COVID and earnings just about to come out. I mean, this is probably going to be one of the worst earnings seasons uh, you know, expected. Uh, I think it's going to shock a lot of people. And of course, if COVID rears its ugly head again, uh, it's going to kill oil and oil could deflate very quickly down to around 28. It's currently at 41. So there's some pretty good downside. If oil loses its momentum here, there's going to be a lot of those short-term traders getting out, hitting the sell button, and it's going to create a waterfall type sell-off, a big red bar on the chart. Do you trade in the uranium sector at all? I don't, no. I, I haven't followed it really. What about any other commodities besides the precious metals uh, that you might be focusing on right now? Precious metals have really got most of my attention. I, I they, they seem to be setting up 
gold's been in a bull market since last July, and we've got miners, large cap miners have broken into a bull market. The juniors are on the cusp of breaking into a bull market. And when you go down to the micro uh, micro gold miners, the penny stocks more or less, I mean, they're they're raging. Everyone seems to be kind of moving into those those plays and they're they're on fire compared to the the larger caps uh in terms of where they are but they're really it's just precious metals has my core attention because it's uh it's a sector that i know it's a sector that i believe in is going to do very well with what's going on with all the fiscal stimulus and um issues globally around the world i think metals are going to continue to climb and it's going to definitely benefit the gold miners. So I'm not. I haven't really looked in other places. I mean, you can look at the TAN ETF, which are um, you look at the solar stocks. They've had a strong rally and move up. Uh, but really, to me, it's uh, the miners are kind of front and center because uh, I'm comfortable trading those and investing in those because I think we're at. The, the cusp, you know, of another major bull market for that sector. So then that would be a buy and hold over multi-years potentially recommendation to your subs with the in the precious metals? Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely bullish on gold is already in a bull market. Silver is, is you know, a dollar away from breaking into a full-fledged bull market. And if that happens, which is a break more or less of $21 an ounce on silver, I mean, it should, it should start to rocket higher. And of course, that's going to unleash the fury i think we're going to see gold miners you know take off as well i think everything will start to go it's everything's just been kind of capped and held under a level but i think we're on the verge of them uh, breaking and running to the upside where they they don't look back for a long time We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Arcana Corporation is on the verge of bringing the world's highest grade silver mine into production. The Revenue Virginius Mine in Colorado has proven improbable silver reserves grading nearly 37 ounces per ton silver with an all-in sustaining production cost of only US $8 per ounce of silver. The mine is fully permitted with infrastructure already in place and the company has announced they plan to commence production in 2020. Achieving successful production usually results in a significant up share price re-rating on the Lasan curve. Arcana trades under the ticker AUN in Toronto and AUNFF in New York. To learn more, go to arcana.com. That's A-U-R-C-A-N-A.com. So your, your technical analysis then would be beneficial to people looking for entry points into a precious metals gold bull market then? Would that be the most value you would give to your subscribers if this is a multi-year bull market? Yeah, if I mean, you know, I, I carry two different subscriptions. One is for investors, what to do with our money for long-term positions where you pretty much set it and forget it. You buy an ETF on the index or metals or uh, you know bonds or potentially an inverse ETF on the on the stock market if we go into a bear market. Really simple stuff. Trades last years. Um, it's just about being on the right side of trading with the bull or the bear. Uh, so yeah, investors, that's the the core signal is you're looking for the next bull market in stocks or the next bear market, how to be positioned for that. And then also what to do with precious metals. When do you get into gold, which was last year? When do you get into gold miners? That is, seems to be this year, kind of right now. And then when do you get into silver? Silver's darn close to breaking into one it's not there yet but i mean once we have that signal it should be off to the races like 2010 where you know it goes from 17 dollars an ounce to, to 48 dollars. i think it could be a very explosive move 
and uh, could repeat that type of price action again. Chris, you know the gold sector very well and the gold equities, but you also know how to make money in a bear market. I've heard you say that stocks fall seven times faster in a bear market uh, than they rise in a bull market. So my question for you is, when someone like myself and a lot of the listeners that are listening to us right now get excited about a gold bull market, do you get excited about a gold bull market more or less than you would about a bear market that you've discerned? Um, I, you know, I'm equally excited about both. I, I think there's, you know, I really do like a falling market. It doesn't have to be a bear market. I mean, it just needs to be a, a downtrend uh, because the market, you know, it really collapses. If you were to go and count uh, on, say, the SP 500, you you count five or ten or fifteen days out. And you just, or you just keep counting until you get to the first red bar, uh, and usually you'll see you know seven days or so uh, wiped out in in one or two days uh, to the downside. And I mean we saw a rally for several months, very strong rally um, in the equities market. And in only five trading session, it wiped out you know six months of gains in five days, and that happens quite often. Uh, so there's a lot of downside if you can catch it. Now, when you're in a bull market, you really you really don't want to short stocks because it's usually that one sharp drop. And then the market just trades sideways and chops sideways for a few weeks. The way to play it in a bull market is when you see the market starting to roll over or or it does have that collapse, you move out of the equities and you go into bonds. And bonds actually will trade higher while the stock market – just trade sideways. And that's been the way to play it since really 2009, mid 2009 till, till now. And uh, right now we're at this tipping point where the stock market is on the verge of starting a new bull market. It's also on the verge of starting a bear market. And so it's a really mixed signal what's going on. And I think if we do get another bout of selling, we're there's going to be an opportunity to short stocks because once you are in a bear market, you don't really want to buy bonds. You actually want to buy an inverse ETF because the market falls exceptionally fast and you want to catch those drops. So if we do get a confirmed bear market here over the next several weeks, uh, we'll be looking to short the market. And then when we have captured most of those gains, we step out of the market and we just go to cash and, or potentially you move actually into to metals or wherever the safe haven is. So in a bear market, you got to find the hot pockets. I have a feeling it'll be metals and miners. So once you get out of those shorts, you can move into miners and they should bounce and rally with the stock market and outperform it dramatically. And you can kind of keep oscillating between shorting stocks and then moving into the, the, the high beta uh, safe havens like metals and miners for a big rally because there is that concern that miners will pull back when the stock market starts to crash. And it, it pretty much always does. Uh, maybe they won't crash, but they'll at least trade sideways or slightly lower. So as a short-term trader, you're kind of moving from the core asset and then moving to the safe haven back and forth between those two. So I, I, like, the, I like the opportunity, the upside of gold miners uh, going forward. But I definitely also like the opportunity that if this market does go to crash, I mean, there's going to be huge opportunity to profit from a collapsing market. And uh, it's kind of once we are into a bear market, it's a easy, it's a fairly easy trade to do as long as you know when to get in and when to get out and uh, which uh, in, you know ETFs to play. In this environment that we're in currently, which is uh, unprecedented, 
where the governments are mandating the economy and small businesses to shut down. Even in the states here, we're not even sure if what schools are going to open. I mean, it's it's a different scenario we're seeing. So when you're looking for those signals and you're trying to discern whether you're going to get a bear or a bull signal in the general equities, are you focusing more on the headlines or the technical aspects of how you look at charts? Right. Yeah. I, I look at the headlines. I mean, you can't help but read them now because there's just every day and every weekend, there's extreme news, extreme events happening, whether it's in the United States, Canada, overseas. I mean, there's the headlines are hard not to want to, to look at it and skim through, but I'm strictly technical analysis. Uh, what I look for when you when you have a bull market starting or a bear market starting, it's a process. It doesn't happen quickly. It happens over several months, usually four to eight months it takes for a major topping phase to unfold. You could argue here that we're only, you know, one, two, we're only six or six months into this potentially, maybe four, depending on where you consider uh, it may have started. So we still have a few more few more months, uh, several weeks to let this market digest this. You could say it's a V-shaped recovery. You could say it's a bear market bounce. Who knows? We don't know yet. Uh, so we really just need to stick with the market, let it start to settle itself out here. And uh, if it does start to collapse and slide again in the market internals, so how many stocks are trading above the 200-day moving average? If that really continues to collapse, um, if earnings are really bad, I mean, all those things are just supportive. They're not going to tell us when to trade. We want to follow the price trend. But if those things support what is actually happening on the chart, that means we're going to have very dramatic downside move because everyone's going to see this actually starting to unfold and they're going to start to sell their positions. But right now, people are still feeling really bullish and they, they're buying every dip. Uh, but when the mentality starts to change and people are like, oh, no, this this actually may be the start of you know a double dip or or a potential bear market in equities, uh, when they start to get scared, that's when – you know, the market's going to start to fall. And I don't think the Fed's going to be able to save it. I think they're going to try dumping more money into the market, do more stimulus plans. I think they're going to create some very strong bounces and rallies, but I don't think they're going to be able to change the tide once the masses are in bear bear market kind of mindset that they should be liquidating and, and stuff. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, this is unprecedented times, what's going on. The markets are not free anymore. I mean, they are being manipulated and driven by the Fed, just trying to keep the game going. And uh, we just have to see if they can continue to hold the market up or if there's going to be uh, too many sellers eventually kicking in that are going to – like institutions, big fund money that say, hey, this, this makes absolute no sense. When the big funds start to unload, that's when there's going to be serious pressure on the markets. And we'll know if the Fed can hold up that kind of pressure or not. Chris, before you go, um, I'd like you to comment and share your thoughts on cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Do you view these as a safe haven? And how do you analyze whether you should put some money here? Yeah, I am definitely not an expert in cryptocurrencies. But when you look at Bitcoin, for example, it has moved a lot like gold and bonds this year where um, – Really from March low, we've seen them rally up and we've been seeing Bitcoin, gold and bonds trade sideways for the last couple of months in a, in a very strong bull flag formation. So obviously there is a flight to Bitcoin and it's holding up exceptionally well. I have a feeling when there is some 
selling in the market, fear in the equities market, and people don't know what to do, I think we could see Bitcoin really pick up traction and take off. When you look at the technicals on this chart, the upside target based on this current uh, pattern here is around um, – 13,800, 13,900 somewhere range, which happens to be the high that we saw in um, June 26th of last year. So it's trading at 9,300 right now. So we're looking at a pretty significant move, you know, a $4,000 uh, move in Bitcoin and a bit more than that. And, um, you know, I, I, it's a different type of asset class. So I think we could see money flock there as a safe haven play. I mean, what's going on with the stimulus and the printing? I mean, it's really going to, it's going to, it's got to hurt the dollar over time. And so people are, I think are going to migrate away from the dollar and, uh, and into some other type of currency, which, you know, Bitcoin is, is considered more or less a currency. You've been listening to Christopher Mullen of the technical traders.com. If you're not familiar with his work or the articles that he publishes, I'd encourage you to go over again to the technical traders.com. Chris, thanks for coming on today's show and sharing your insights. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. 
If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.